0: yourself yourself all right
1: boys this is, <open> this is this is the OG original inaugural, the one and only, the wheeling-dealing, chain-stealing <laughs> inaugural episode of The Extra Point with my boy Tommy Jones and Sully. Say what's up, boys. What's up?
0: What's going
1: on? How are we doing? How you feeling, Sully? You had a little trouble a second ago. You feeling right. good? I'm hanging in there. You know, I, uh, I controlled myself. If
2: I was Tony, I'd probably have some veins popping, so... <laughs> I am good so far. I'm good. I'm ready to get I'm ready to get into uh some some baseball, some NBA.
1: Awesome. All right. So, getting right into it, the All-Star Game festivities was over the weekend. It was held in LA. There was absolutely zero energy from the crowd. But let's start off with just the game, a little preview. Uh what team do you guys think is stronger? You got Team LeBron who's starting Kyrie, LeBron, KD, Anthony Davis. They got some reserves in Bradley Beal, Andre Drummond, Russell Westbrook, Victor Oladipo, Aldridge, Goran Dragic, and Kemba. And then you got Steph's team on the other side with James Harden, Steph, DeMar DeRozan, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Damian Lillard, Lowry, Clay, Butler, Draymond, Horford, and Kat. What do you? Which team do you guys think is the strongest team?
0: LeBron.
1: I mean the team
0: before. I mean, you wish they had the team before. It would have been no question. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a shame we
2: don't get to see KP. Uh, no one really misses seeing Love. He's just, you know, the prototypical white white three point shooter. <laughs> get your points, ten points, five rebounds on there. Cousins is really sad. You know, that's a terrible injury. Yeah, the Achilles is probably gonna lose a step, but it's LeBron all the way. But it would have. It's gonna be a closer game now on the on the positive side. I think so.
3: It, I actually think I might like Steph's roster better now, but I still like Team LeBron to win because I think they've got, they got more guys that are going to play hard. I think LeBron's really going to play hard. Yeah. I think Russ always plays hard. Um, Kyrie and KD will be motivated. So I think I think I, I might like the roster on paper better for Steph now with the injuries, but I, I still think LeBron's team... Eventually
0: wins, or ultimately wins. Yeah, no. so yeah. You, you look at the Steph's team. You got Giannis, who's second in scoring. He's twenty seven, what twenty seven eight on the season, and he got Harden in first with thirty one three. He put those two out there, and you got Steph <laughs> sitting there just posting up for shots. It's like it looks good, but LeBron, they they got the competitors. They got the yeah, they get the real competitors. Yeah, definitely. Ones. And then and then
2: um, one thing that I've always noticed is that some players, like I don't know if. MB down low is really going to be much of a factor yep, as you saw in exactly. the World Game. They don't really post up most in these types of exhibition games. MB's probably going to be a little lazy shooting threes, you know, doing his thing, shooting his shit process. Trust the process. He's going to be he's going to be a clown. It's going to be great, but he's not going to be really a force down low. So it's more like the versatile big men like Anthony Davis that can exactly. step out. The, the Durant's cousins. It's if he was in. So I don't really know how effective he'll be. Um, you know, they got some good defenders on Team Curry. You know, you got Klay Thompson, you got Jimmy Jimmy Buckets, Draymond. They do have some lockdown defenders, but so does LeBron with LeBron Durant. Um, you know, PG thirteen. Yep. Um. So I think I think it should be a close game, but I think I think Team LeBron, as you guys alluded to, will will prevail. The line's been bet down to two and a half for yep. LeBron's a favorite. Yeah, I would, I would, definitely take LeBron there. That would
3: and, and the over is thirty, three hundred thirty-four and a half. That's like we're talking 30, 40 points lower than past years.
2: Yeah, I mean,
3: so, clearly Vegas thinks that this is going to be this new format's going to put a little pump into their effort. Yeah, Should I think so, it, so for sure,
2: definitely. I mean, I think
3: it's it's partially right. one seventy-seven, one seventy-eight hits the over.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and if yeah. You, and I was checking yeah. up a stat, and it was crazy that no All Star game has scored fewer than 155 points since 2013. And then if you look at Team LeBron, they have five of the last six All Star game MVPs in Russ, KD, Kyrie, like and that. Anthony Davis. So if you think Jeez. about that, these are guys who perform in this game. They're gonna go off. I think it's Team LeBron all the way, all the way.
3: I wonder if LeBron thought about that as he as he
0: picked his team. You've got so many t- teammates, former teammates. Like, you got Katie and Russ played together for, what, seven years, eight years. Chemistry's still going to be there. you got LeBron, he's I mean, played yeah. with, um, who else on his team? Kyrie. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah, Kyrie, yeah, the, yeah. Kyrie. Him and Kyrie had the chemistry from just last year. Like, it's going to be
2: cool seeing these guys play together. Yeah, you know? him and Durant from, obviously, Olympic years, USA, um... It should be fun. I'm really looking forward to it, honestly, and I, I don't think I've said that in, like, five years.
1: Yeah, no, seriously. I, all, all we need is just effort. I mean, like,
2: when was the last, like, real great All-Star game? It was that game where it was, like, o two o
3: one o two o three with, like, when Iverson, Carter, Paul Pierce... Kobe, uh, Jordan... Kobe Jordan, yeah. were all going, yeah. they were all when, they were going yeah. at each other's throats. Um, And the game, the, the final was, like, one one ten one twelve or something like that, and... Yeah, well, yeah. Iver- Iverson smacking the floor on defense at a fucking All Star. <laughs> where, yeah, no. where can we get that? Who who will bring that? I, like I said, I think it's re- it's got to be led by guys like Russ and, and LeBron, and it, and it's got to be more than a lead by example. I, I guess can see Draymond know, Green
1: bringing yeah. that type of energy. I was just yeah, about to say, I you know, so. Draymond is gonna bring it. Yep.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's a competitor. The, the NBA, they, I mean, it's nice that they made it a hundred k now up from fifty for the winners, but like. This event generates hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like in one weekend um, if you're including all the sponsors and stuff. Like you can't throw – a million dollars isn't even like – it's like – I mean $100,000 isn't even a, a game check for some of these dudes. Yep. And like you couldn't just throw them uh, – each winner gets a million dollars. And you watch how hard that damn game will be played. It'll be like Game Seven of the NBA Finals. Yep,
1: that would be bananas. That would be insane. And it's not
3: even a drop in the bucket for them on what they're totally making on the weekend. Oh, not even close.
1: That'd yeah, be that there. Would, that would definitely it, it, a little a little
2: frugal of the NBA there. But I yeah, do, I, I that do was a slap in the face. I do uh, tip my cap to uh, Adam Silver though. I think he's done a great job, especially trying to uh, spice it up with the new teams. Um, I think what it's going to come down to what what really the competitiveness will will come from is. LeBron picked all those guys. He handpicked them. Curry yep. handpicked all those guys. Why did you pick them? Show me why. Show me why I picked you. Yep. Go I, out and ball. Sure. Go out and ball for two of the top three players, Curry and LeBron. And if you don't, I, I could see them being real pissed off. If yeah. You go quarter, yeah. If someone's not playing defense, if someone's dicking around, I mean, I, they're not going to be happy about it. And these guys don't like each other. Curry and LeBron. Oh, yeah. I think there's a, think there's a respect <laughs> there, but I, I mean, they're not, they're not texting each other on the weekends. They're oh no they're 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 not boys by any stretch of the imagination, so I mean, I think there's I hope to see a little competitive fire, especially in the fourth quarter,
3: yeah, because now that's on that roster's on LeBron and Curry's name,
1: exactly they put their
3: name on that, so
1: exactly, and I was just about to add exactly what you said, Sully. It's that bad blood between them, and those guys hate playing like they hate losing to each other. You look at the last couple finals, it's been them too. You know, the big two names is Curry versus LeBron. And I would guess that they each went to those players and said, look, I'm going to take this 100% serious. And I hope you do, too. This is more than just a bullshit game. This is for bragging rights and personal honor. And I handpicked you and do your shit. Now, moving on to the odds, the top three guys for All-Star Game MVPs are LeBron, number one, Russell, number two, and Giannis, number three. Who do you guys see winning the game MVP?
3: With 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 MVPs like this, especially in like, you know, Super Bowls and All-Star games, like from it, from a betting point, uh, there's usually not enough value on the big favorites, like, you know, like a like a LeBron or like yeah. a uh, Durant because there's, you know, there's just so many options. There's what 24 possible winners. Um Exactly. So I'm sitting at LeBron's plus three eighty. Like, am I really? Do I really think LeBron's got better than a twenty-five percent chance to win MVP? Like, maybe, but I don't know if that's enough to lay my money on. I think I'd rather you know ride with a risky, a more risk, someone around like six or seven hundred, plus six or seven hundred. Like, even Giannis is plus five hundred.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, Anthony Davis plus six fifty. These are all past winners. Like, it's you know well, Harden at Harden is plus four
2: hundred. Mm, that's not great value.
3: Yeah, but even about, like a uh, guy like like Clay, you, you guy could catch fire and score thirty seven in a quarter. He's plus sixteen hundred.
2: Yeah. yeah, and you could play the lockdown D in the
0: fourth quarter. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm going with kind of a homer pick. I went. Uh, I'm gonna go Kyrie. I think he's oh, kind of got. No, no, listen, hear me out. Hear I don't. Me out. I, know what I, you're don't I don't say. hate it. I don't hate he, it. He's plus six fifty. And as much as he says. He is him and LeBron are cool, or whatever. He wants to go out there and outshine LeBron on his own team more than anything. He wants to go out there and score fifty points, like, and if he can, he will. You know what I mean? And if he can, if he can start hitting shots, I think it's going to be a real good night for him. For sure. Um, it's not. I'm just, I'm just busting your balls, so oh, but, <laughs> yeah. but, um,
2: I, I think I like, I like, I like KD. I mean, I think he's definitely. He's going to do it all. I think he's going to, I think he'll bring it on D. I think, you know, he doesn't want to be the forgotten man. I mean, he's, I mean, he got picked first for the once in his life. He, he joked about it. He goes, finally, I got picked first. So, I mean, <laughs> I think he wants to show out people that, you know, he's still got a little chip on his shoulder not getting picked first in the draft. He's just, I think, I mean, you know what you're going to get with Durant. You're going to get threes. You're going to get, you're going to get a little bit mid range. You're going to get some defense, block shots. He's going to be well, he's going to be have a well rounded game. And I don't know, he's the second best player in the world, so Yeah, and the value's there, plus six fifty two, same as Irving. Yeah, I mean he he's got as good a chance as LeBron and twice better odds. He just doesn't yeah. have the team name.
1: Alright. Now the worst three odds of those on of the whole rosters is Kemba, Carl Anthony and Lowry. Which one of those three guys could potentially win this? I mean, I would go with Kat.
3: Yeah, he'll probably get the most burn. He'll probably have the most opportunity to fill the stat sheet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kemba would have to go on a real tirade, like, you know, dropping 15, 20 in a quarter for him to, like, be really considered in that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think, I, yeah, he would have to go off. I mean, you got guards ahead of him like Kyrie, Russ. How much how much time is he going to get in the fourth? Not much. Uh, he was a replacement. I think, yeah, definitely Cat. Cat's a big man that can shoot him over 40% from three this year. Um, Bro, inside, he is outside He can rebound. Yeah. Um, the only knock on him is he doesn't play defense, but that's really not going to hurt him yeah. in regard of MVP probably. So I'd probably definitely definitely go Cat. I don't know how uh, Al Horford doesn't have the lowest I was odds. just about to say that. I was just
1: about to say that.
2: How, how does he not have the lowest odds? Why is he on a team? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I hear Mark Jackson go off about, oh, he does this, he does that. I mean, I don't want to see Al Hortford in an NBA All-Star game. He's a solid NBA player, but
0: I, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get so it. Average, average Al, man. He, he yeah, yeah, Tommy, what do you got to say about that, Thomas? I don't, I don't know what he's doing in there. I would have liked to have seen a lot of guys. Like I think Ben Simmons should have been in here for sure. Oh, That's yeah. just, I that mean, was, like, how did how did Horford even get in? Like, it, I know the fan yeah. the, the fan vote's
2: fifty percent. Like, did he win the fan vote and then just like? They I mean, lost I mean, I mean Boston. I mean, they love Tommy him. Buns, you guys are you guys are passionate, passionate group. I I'll give me that. you that. You must have voted him in. Not With, you, but I the he's a pretty big fan
0: vote. I remember they showed the leaders probably like two weeks before, and he had like almost as much as Kyrie.
1: That's crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy.
3: There you go. Especially there, there's the your having like that's insane. Oh. I was so disappointed in New Yorkers, like there's fucking eight million of us. We couldn't vote KP in as a starter. Philly's got an eighth of the the population. What are we doing?
1: Dude, I think we're just I think we're just so we're just all so dejected and depressed that we just don't give a shit anymore. Like we yep. there's no direction in this franchise. There's nothing going for us right now. I mean, we got KP, we got the Moody Eye trade and all that, but we just don't give a shit. We're just so dejected <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll get
3: we we'll get to the Knicks in a bit. Speaking
1: but. yeah, speaking of snubs though, let's talk about the all star festivities and the dunk contest. Let's start off with the dunk contest because I thought it was absolute bullshit. How do you have a panel of DJ Khaled, Chris Rock, um Mark Wahlberg And then you got Okay you got Dr. J And you have Lisa Leslie Who yeah of course You can have her on there But you can't have All these fucking pedestrians This co- comedian What does DJ Khaled do But besides Say his name on a track And just let Somebody else do a song for him It's what bullshit Another one Yeah another yeah. one That's
3: what he gives you And he was the only one Not handing out Fucking charity tens Last night
1: Bro, you could've gone you could have gone and done a simple dunk and you would have gotten a fifty yesterday. I could have gone and gotten a fifty last night. Give me a trampoline, I'm set. But um I was gonna say I don't think you're dunking. Yeah, hell no, I'm not dunking. Give don't, I don't <laughs> me a trampoline and I'm dunking. But yeah, Donovan Mitchell won it. I think he he should have won it, but I don't think it should have been Larry Nance. Versus Mitch, I think it should have been Dennis Smith, because I think his dunk was far better than anything Nance did. Yeah, Nance had to reverse uh, the windmill dunks and all that, but they were all recycled dunks. I wanted to see some originality. Yeah,
3: do you I, know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if there was an original dunk out there last night. Yeah, I mean, okay, um, even Smith's dunk, which was by far the best dunk of the night and the hardest to pull off, I, I wouldn't call it original. Yep. I think it's been attempted before.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the most original dunk was probably Larry Nance's double off the backboard. Yeah, that. Which just looked very sh- – I mean, it was a good and I don't think it's an easy dunk. I mean, but, I mean, it, it, it doesn't blow your socks off. But, I mean, that was probably the most original. I don't think I've ever – once you saw that live, you're like, whoa, what did he just do? Yeah,
1: you know, it was definitely one of the ones you to see that. a replay on.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's something you had to see a replay on. But, I mean, I, I did like – that he did his dad's dunk, but once, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't very original. Not not nothing crazy, hard hardness wise. Yeah, it was an all
3: right first round dunk, but you really got to come with it after that, and none of them did.
2: Yeah, none of none of them did. I mean, I would have liked to see some other guys do it. I I would like to see Russ in it. Oh,
1: yeah, that's but that's exactly what you guys are saying is is very true because back in the day, the hyper on the the dunk contest was it was the best guys in the league. Who were doing it? Yeah. it was the biggest Bird, names. Yeah,
2: Dominique Jordan,
1: and they were yeah, putting LeBron off...
2: couldn't give us one in his whole career.
3: Fifteen years, yeah, he got. Right. He can't get one. Yeah, that's, he, I mean, that, people, that's it was like two thousand ten or two thousand eleven. He's like, yeah, I'm doing it next year, and then fucking never, it. Did it. <laughs> never did it. Never
0: did it. That, and years later, maybe not at the, the end. I feel like he'll be able to throw down as hard as anyone for his whole career. I feel like he's just once
1: he's like done and he realizes
0: he's done winning championships, Like at the end he'll be like, alright, let me do this other stuff. I feel like he doesn't give a shit about any of that <laughs> right now. He's just like, I want to win more rings. And-
3: like, yeah, that that's all we want is fucking Wizard- yeah. Wizards Jordan in the dunk contest. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Hey, you're right,
0: you're right.
1: Holy he's going to be shit. like
0: 39. He's going to be... He's, he's so be out athletic. He's so athletic. I think he's going to be athletic until he's super old. Yeah, but I would have liked to see LeBron at, like, 26.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, like, like right before he left for the Heat, like, right before he left Cleveland for the Miami Heat, like, that's when he was at his peak athleticness, just right. strength, quickness, like, that LeBron, that's the LeBron I want to see. I'm sure he'd be way more athletic than, almost, most in the NBA, but I don't want to see a four-year-old LeBron, even though he might do it just to fuck with us.
1: Yeah. Bro, peak LeBron would have fucking pulled up from the three-point line, done a reverse <laughs> dunk, and fucking just wowed as all. Yeah, yeah. so moving on to the three-point contest, I feel like this is another contest that back in the day when guys like Peja Stojakovic, all the other big names, yeah, you have a lot of great shooters nowadays, but it just doesn't have that excitement that the old ones had. You know, Tobias Harris led off the first round. He had 18 points, and that really set the standard for the rest of the contest. You know, uh, Devin Booker won it with 28 points. He basically emptied out his whole money ball rack. In his championship round, but again, that it's was just a hell of a round. yeah, that was a hell of a round.
0: Love Devin Booker. Those last two play. racks he had. Oh, money! Once he came across the top, those last two racks he had. What did he go like eight for ten on that? Yeah, some
2: ridiculous. That. That. Yeah, he's he's unreal. I, I mean, he's not to get off base, but he. Sh- I, I don't understand how he doesn't get any input or any chance of making an All Star game because he plays for a bad team. The fact that, he, that guy can ball and he's only twenty one, puts up twenty five a game. He's unreal.
1: Yeah, that is. It is. Yeah, he, showed, he showed it
2: last night. He's just, he's just a straight baller.
1: Yeah. And also Clay. you know, he showed out too. He, he missed by, he, he lost by five points, I believe, but three. you kind of three points it, in, the last, in the last, in the last round. round yeah. He had 25. Yeah. And you kind of, you kind of forget about Clay because of the team he's on, but then you see him put on shit like that. And he's the best three point shooter this year. Like you, you forget about stats like that, and then you see him yesterday put on a performance like that, and it's it's kind of awesome. Definitely. So yeah, he's,
2: he's he's a he's a great. More, he's going to go down as one of the best shooters we've ever we will ever see in the league. He's he is. The,
0: I think he has the best pure stroke I've probably ever seen.
1: Absolutely, yeah, it's, it's
0: incredible. Yeah, and he just has to live in Steph's shadow, and now it's like Katie's there, and he's living in Katie's shadow. Yeah. I feel like he's out. I feel like he's out. He he's came out
3: the other day so? and said he, he doesn't want to play for anyone else, even if that means oh. taking a fake cut. Oh my
0: god, that's rough to see. He could just he could be the best player on yeah. majority of teams in the NBA. That's crazy. I don't. That's a move I'll never understand. I mean, he, he, I mean, the Lakers are going to
2: covet him. I mean, I mean, when he's a free agent, the Lakers are definitely right. going to go after him if they have the cap room. But yeah, it's it's just
3: like where else is he going to score sixty with a while taking eleven dribbles? Oh like,
1: yeah, you're right. Yeah absolutely you know, it's too just, easy for him it's fucking practice in the gym and he's putting up record breaking
0: numbers <laughs> wild he's had some big quarters too he's right. like a 27 point 30. 37 37 right cool.
2: he, no one gets exactly. as hot as clay when he's going it's, it's cause of that stroke he's just yeah. he's locked in
1: fucking automatic now switching over to a little different topic this'll hit home for you sully uh Lately in the news, Chris Bosch has been talking about returning from those blood clots. What do you think about that? I mean, the last time he played at age 31, he was averaging 19 points per game. He was shooting 46%. He was playing 33 and a half minutes per game. He's 33 now. He's two years removed. But do you think there's any possibility that he comes back? Um,
2: yeah, I think there's definitely a possibility he comes back. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm a Heat fan. I've always been a Heat fan ever since Wade was drafted um, back in 2002-2003. Um, big Heat fan still, even though we're depleted and uh, kind of sad. But Bosch is a great guy. Really, I want what's best for him. Um, I wouldn't want him to put his health in jeopardy, obviously. He, he, he came out and said some stuff. He said that it's kind of like a lot of stuff in the medical area. It's a gray area right now. Like Some people say it's really dangerous. Some people say he'll be okay. Um, I don't or I don't foresee him coming back this year. I mean, the deadline, I think, is March 1st to be eligible to play in the playoffs. He's not going to play this year. He says he wants to. He sees guys, you know, just lollygagging out there. He, he. I know he has that fire to play. I know he can play, to answer your question. I know he yeah. can play. I know he can put up a few play minutes, easily 16, 17 a game, seven boards. He's really, to me, he was the first, like, star to become a stretch five. I mean, you got stretch fours, but he was like – with, with LeBron, like, LeBron wants the, the lane cleared. He he kind of cleared the lane for him, and, and he's the, you know, he became the prototypical stretch five, and just knocking down threes at a consistent rate, and you know, the San Antonio Spurs obviously know that. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. Making, that, <laughs> making, that,
2: making that big shot, sorry, any Spurs fans, but um, he saved us that day. I mean, he's, he's a great player, he's a great guy, I want what's best for him, but I mean, I, I think he should sit out this year, and you know, get some more tests and see if he can make a make a run maybe next year. But I mean, it's a dicey situation because you know something like that blood clots is something you can't really fuck around with. So, I mean, it's it's tough. I'd love to see him out there, but it's probably not the best for him. Dude, his transition
3: to be able to handle himself as at the five was such an understated part of that four years in Miami for that team. He, you know. I, I I would love to see him come back. Um, you hate to see a, a career like that cut short, but that would just scare the shit out of me, man. Yep. Like, if there's any doctor that's like, yeah, nah, probably shouldn't do that. Like, All right, you know what? I've you know banked 180 million in my career. God knows what off the court. Um, why? You know, I know that yeah. competitive drive is there, but like, at the end of the day, like, it might be a 99% chance you're good, but you can't afford that one percent. Because that 1% is you lying on the
0: fucking floor like Hank Gathers and not waking up. Exactly. And you've already got, you've already won championships. You've already made your money. You've had a great career. You were one of the greats. Like, just, it's your health, man. You got 50 more years to live after you're done playing basketball. Exactly. And not (laughs) to say if he came back, he could be that, you know, that
3: that Channing Fry on the Cavs two years ago. Like, that, that number one guy off the bench. Um,. That can really score, you know, do everything. is Obviously, the guy in the locker room, um, sure. but it's just, it's, it's scary shit, man.
2: For sure. I mean, and I think he would go to, I think he would go to the Rockets if he came back, because I know he he was really close to signing there before he resigned with Miami. I could see him going to my, uh, going to, excuse me, uh, the the Rockets. Um, Wanted to play with Harden. I mean, now Chris Paul's there. I would think that would only, you know, up his desire to to go there another three point shooter there would make them even more lethal. Um, the so yeah, Rockets. I would probably see him with the Rockets if he does come back. But I mean I heard the the Raptors are obviously returned to Toronto's possibility. Golden State even I heard I mean Cavaliers are even an option, but I think I think he would go to I think he would go to Houston.
3: If Houston loses this year, if they don't win the title, watch hit Bosch and Carmelo go there for the veterans minimum. Mm-hmm.
1: Holy I shit. could see it. that would be that would be fucking crazy they're gonna
3: cap wise they're gonna struggle yeah. to resign chris paul as it is but if they can get those two on board at the veterans minimum or even chris paul says here i'm gonna take 60 percent, give you know eight million each to Melo and bosch
1: and i could see cp3 doing that i think cp3 really is liking what's going on down in houston and oh, yeah that kind of takes us into our next topic um the best teams at the break and if you look at the east the top 3 teams right now are the Cavs, Toronto and the Celtics and then on the west is Golden State, Houston and San Antonio and as of right now I'll just say it really quickly I think Houston is right now better than the Warriors. I think the Warriors are mentally drained, physically drained, they're not I playing. Agree. They're not playing as tough as we, you know, they're playing tough but we're, they're not saying they're not playing as well as we usually see them play. Houston right now in their conference and everybody knows the West is the stronger conference. They're twenty six and eight versus the Warriors are twenty five and eleven. So yeah, it's only three games, but Houston has showed that they can play consistently and they can win in the West and they're gonna be very tough to beat. So what they do you are. what do you guys think in terms of East and West? The just ranking those those teams, you know, going. Where would you rank the Cavs, Toronto, and the Celtics from one to three, just on that side?
3: Uh, I think I think you. Uh, I mean, I think after the trade deadline, the Cavs clearly have regained that top spot. Um, yeah. Before the trade deadline, I, I we don't even know if the Cavs are going to make the playoffs. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were they were three and a half games out of three in the loss column, out of the ninth mm-hmm. spot when they made the trades. Um, but I think you know
2: clearly it's been four what, four or five games now, um, or no, only two. No, it's only been two games. Yeah, yeah. Also I also agree. you're talking. You're talking the dominating, uh, the dismantling the Celtics on the road, and then a very dominant win against a good Thunder team.
1: Yeah, and just yeah, a, so, just to jump in but, real quick, I completely agree. And if you look at those, it's two games, but people are acting like it's been a whole month. But that's how dominant and how different this. This Cavs team has been. And Kobe Altman, who people were saying was, you know, was an idiot. LeBron was cursing on his GMs, apparently. He made the right moves. Do we know if it was LeBron or Kobe? We don't know. But he made the perfect moves in getting Hood, getting getting Hill, getting Jordan Clarkson. And they, I completely agree. I think the Cavs definitely took that top spot. They're playing hard as hell. They're young. And they're fucking scary right now.
2: They're scary. I mean, they got so much younger and athletic, and they got two-way players. I love the Nance pickup. I mean, Nance is someone that he gives them energy and athleticism on that front line now that Tristan Thompson just can't give you. Um, George Hill, I think he's shooting 46% from three. I think he's the number number one in the NBA, or he was a few games ago. And you got you got Jordan Clarkson, who's just, I think, widely underrated. Yeah. two-way player. He gives you some youth. Um, you could see just him getting in the passing lanes defensively. He really brings brings a lot on both sides of the ball. And then you know Rodney Hood. Uh, you know I saw I saw Tommy. Rowe. I didn't realize he was six eight. I mean six yeah, eight. He's June, a I mean I mean that size. He can get that shot o- up over anyone. And he you know he's a good shooter and he's he's another good scorer. Um, so I mean they're they're clearly the number one. And then I think you know you got Toronto. Um, you probably put Boston ahead of Toronto just because Toronto's top guys, the DeRozan and Lowry, they don't really come to play in the playoffs. Um, you, so you probably put Boston at two, and then you probably you probably have the Raptors at three. What do you think, Tom?
0: I'm with you on that. I think it's a uh, I think it's definitely the Cavs are up front now. That trade, all those trades were huge. I mean, they were like you guys said. I mean, they a three and a half games out of ninth place. I mean, come on. That could, have, that could have gone one of two ways, and luckily for them, I mean, they made the moves they needed to put themselves in a spot to win. They definitely, it's definitely going to be a growing period. I think they've had some like good strokes of luck the first couple games. They're going to, they, they've melded together too well too soon, I think. I think they're going to have their struggles still, but they'll probably come out one or two in the conference, I think, at the end of the regular season. And then, I mean, playoffs, they're always poised to make a run, so. Yeah, you bet on LeBron to make the finals in the East. Yeah, with this new
2: revamped roster for sure.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. How about yeah. how about on the West? You got the top 3 teams being Golden State, Houston and San Antonio. Where would you rank those guys from 1 to 3?
3: In terms of winning winning a championship? Yeah. I still like the Warriors. Yeah. Not by much. Um uh, last year they didn't have anyone to worry about. Um but this year, the Rockets are now—they're now a worry. They're now someone they have to take note of. Um, they have someone they have to plan for. Um, but at the end of the day, the Warriors—like if they just don't shoot themselves in the foot, if they're not careless with the basketball, they—they they, they can't get beat. Um, especially not in a seven-game series. And they just—they've just, they've looked careless the last month or two. Yeah. They've looked like they don't—they're not responding to curve. Mm-hmm. Um, They—they're turning the ball over. They're leading the league in technicals. Um, they just look sloppy and out of it. Um, And I don't know if that's a product of the time of the year in the NBA when that just kind of happens to teams,
2: or if that's a product of them being the best team in the league for four fucking years now. Um, Yeah, they definitely look disinterested. You can tell. I mean, even with, you know, Kerr letting the players coach, I mean, in my opinion, that was a Bush League move. I think Steve Kerr is a great guy. I love him as a person, as a coach, but... I think that was a Bush League move. You don't do that in an NBA game. You wouldn't do that against the Cavs. You wouldn't do that against the Spurs. Don't do it against the Suns. Show some respect. And, you know, I know he's bored. You know, he's trying to, you know, he's a a fun-loving guy, Steve Kerr. You know, he wants to keep things interesting. But, you know, that just really, I think that was symbolic of how they're just, they're not into it right now. And you alluded to the technicals. Durant seems to have something up his ass this year. Oh,
1: my God.
2: I don't know what's going on with him. He's a great player, obviously. He's the second-best player in the world, but something's wrong with him. Dream, dream But, I mean, the Rockets, I mean, you know, I think the Rockets, I would take the Rockets in seven, but you said they can't be beat if they don't turn the ball over. i say the only reason the Rockets do have a chance is because they have that puncher's chance. They have so many three-point shooters. You talk about, you know, Ryan Anderson, Eric Gordon, who's improved his, you know, drive to the basket now, more... Uh, a better scorer. I mean, you got Harden obviously, Capella rolling to the rim, who's really improved, one of the most improved players. I, I love the two additions with Ute and Tucker, two guys that give you toughness and defense as well as can make the three-point shot. I thought those were two widely underrated moves that no one really talks about. I hear QB Brown talk about it a lot actually, but uh, a these guys are kind of the great guys that don't really, don't, they're not sexy players, they don't get the attention, but they get, so they got some defense now. I mean, obviously Chris Paul makes them so much more dynamic. Um, I mean, I, I forgot what—I don't know what their record is—but with with Paul, uh, and Harden, I think they have two losses on the year. It's absurd. They—they they yeah. those 3 but there's those three guys on the court, they're like twenty something and two. It's like they're like twenty three wins and two losses. It's absurd. They—they they have something that works. I think. I think. Whatever you do, it's it's obviously Houston and Golden State, one A, one B. Regardless, that's a total up at this point. Yeah. But it, it is, you know, it's kind of crazy. The Spurs are sitting there at three without Kawhi. It's a testament, testament to just the pop and system. But I don't see them as a threat. I really don't. I even see the Timberwolves as more of a threat if they can start pushing things, transition, and pick up their defense. I don't see San Antonio as that too old as that threat. I don't. What do you think about that?
0: I'm saying Golden State probably comes out on top in that in the West. But, I mean, like you said, it's 1A, 1B. It's going to come down to them at the end. I mean, I don't see any other teams in the West beating either of them in a seven-game series. I think, though, the Spurs, I just think this is not going to be a good year for them in the playoffs. They've had too much inconsistency with Kawhi coming back, getting hurt again. You just, you're without the centerpiece of your team, really. I mean, that's just not looking good. I think in the end, I could see OKC okay, – doing some damage in the playoffs if Paul and Russ can get playing well together you got Steven Adams has been having pretty, pretty solid last couple months I mean, they can get it together and shut down defensively I think they could they could probably get to the quarterfinals or semifinals semifinals not quarterfinals yeah yeah, yeah semifinals
1: I agree. Yeah. I agree so you mentioned
0: I'm making a 5-6 game series with either Houston or they could probably win a game against each of those teams Golden State or Houston but yeah not they're, they're not at the level I
3: actually like Minnesota.
1: Yeah, I was just about it to say be, what you guys think about it. Might
3: Minnesota. be a year early, but if we're talking third spot, like, it's like we, we touched on San Antonio, um, they're there, but they don't. It doesn't seem real because yeah. of the absence of Kawhi. Um, and OKC, like, you know, they they got their three guys. They got Adams playing a career year, but their bench is, is not what the Timberwolves is. Um, right. The Timberwolves, I mean, like they got – Jamal Crawford's coming up their bench is better than anyone the
2: Thunder have, and he's thirty-seven for sure. And that Roberson injury is big. Don't don't yeah. let don't let his free oh, throw uh, terrible. This at the free throw line get to you. He is a great defender, and they're going to miss him defensively.
3: Yeah, I just I like Minnesota in a seven-game series over both San Antonio and OKC. I, I mean, obviously, if they're in the top four, they're going to have to go against Houston and Golden State in in round one. Um, but, you know, even if they're two three or four. Um so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. or round two, sorry, that I have to go against them, but you know, I, I just like them to go farther. I think they can give they got more of a puncher's chance than OKC or San Antonio. And adding yeah, agree
1: with that. Add, adding in there, Dave, to even further enforce your point, they're twenty seven and ten in that conference. So they can win in that conference as well. They're not. They're not like a pushover. They're not. You know, anybody you could just walk in and beat. And in comparison, the Thunder are only eighteen and seventeen against their conference. So I could. I absolutely agree. I think the Timberwolves could beat the Thunder in a in a series.
3: Yeah, and let's just let's cut the. You know, Tibbs is miles better of a coach than Billy Donovan.
1: Absolutely. Oh,
2: for sure. Yeah, you want you want you want Tibbs. You know, you want tips calling up your plays. You don't. You don't want Billy Donovan. I mean, I don't. I don't know how great of an NBA coach he is. I'm not sold yet. But I, mean, I think Jimmy Bucket's really. Yeah, he, Jimmy he has really taking this team to the next level. I mean, they always had the talent, but Jimmy's Jimmy's bringing it on offense. He's bringing it defensively. I mean, he can pass. He's really. I mean, he's just a likable guy, and he's really. He's been the. Uh, he's been the guy to take them to the from that a non playoff team to now a contender.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy.
2: I, I mean, how, like, his arrival has, how quickly it's made us forget about the existence of Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, Andrew yep. Wiggins
1: that's is true. just, he's that just a
2: so scorer. That's, that's all he is at this point. Yeah.
3: And he was so, like, elite defensively coming out of college, and it's just, like, not there anymore, which is so rare to see on the defensive end. It's usually one of the traits that translates the quickest to the NBA.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're not talking about a rookie or second-year player. What is this, Wiggins' fourth year now? Yeah, I think so. I think fourth it's his fourth year, right? So I mean the yeah. defense, normally young players they struggle their first year or two, you know, with the strength, size, quickness, but I mean, I mean, he's in his fourth year. It's it's no more time for excuses. He's been very disappointing on the defensive end. And he doesn't really bring anything to the table other than, you know, rebounding or, you know, passing the ball. He's just a, he's just a scorer. That's it. Yeah.
1: And what other team looking at the East? I know we we're talking about some bubble teams on the on the West that can you know, make some noise. What about the East? You got the Wizards at the fourth spot right now, the Pacers at the five, the Bucks at the six, and the Sixers at seven. All teams that are within two games of each other. And the Wizards right now, which is surprising, they're playing very good basketball without John Wall. And you kind of see a lot of uh, turmoil going on there with Marcin Gortat just kind of saying some comments and John Wall taking them You know differently, and John Wall saying they had a team meeting, and a lot of guys took it negatively. So it kind of shows his his leadership probably isn't as strong. But what team do you think from the East could potentially from that group right there could make some noise?
3: For me, it's Milwaukee's the only one with the talent to do it. Um, Obviously, they've gone through their ups and downs this year with kid being gone and Jabari being coming back. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think them being able to gel jabari back in um and how they use that new talent is going to be telling to what they do i mean they have the talent to, to knock someone off maybe a boston or toronto i don't know if they have the talent to do four wins against cleveland but it, they could make some noise if i if i had to pick one of those other bubble teams
2: yeah i'd have to agree with you dave um they definitely have the talent. I mean, if Jabari he's getting back, we'll see how he fits into the offense. Um, they seem to be playing better without Kidd, even. I mean, their their record's definitely better. Um, if they can defend, um, Giannis is, you know, he may be almost a top five player at this point. He's he's an he's an elite freak.
1: He's, he's a fucking beast.
2: He's a beast. Yeah, he's imagine else. he gets a um, fucking jump shot. Holy I mean, shit! You got you got guys like you got some guys, you got some guys playing playing well for them. Um, but I just, I, yeah, I don't I don't see them beating Cleveland. I think I could see them beating Toronto. Really, that's the team. I don't even think they can beat Boston. And then another team that I think you could. I don't see. I think Washington's time is is over. Basically, they just yeah. they're playing better without Wall, and it's really weird to be honest. But they're just they don't they don't have it. They they have too many players that have been there for too long. Beal, Bourtade, uh, Morris. They're just they look like a stale team to me when Wall was there. Um, so yeah. we'll see how they revert, but I think I also like the Sixers to you know not go all the way, obviously, but maybe upset around or two. I mean, I the Sixers. I mean, it's really the thing that's holding back is Simmons can't make threes, even though he does really everything else. I mean, they can really lay off him because they know he's not going to even attempt that shot. No. But I mean, you got Redick, you got uh, you got Embiid. Obviously, is a monster, one of the most complete big men I've ever seen. Um, you got,
1: they you got, know, got some
2: Good player. You got some good. And who knows if Fultz comes back? I mean, he, he, he yeah. can't shoot right now. But like, yeah, he needs to go back to his old shot. That's that's absurd. That's another thing. I mean, if they had Fultz like playing at how he did in college, I, I would honestly think they would be the third or fourth
3: best team in the East. But I don't know. Whoever his
1: trainer is, he should be. He should be murdered.
2: Yeah, he should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he, he, I don't know how he has a job. Yeah, it's absurd. You know it's crazy, but, you know, it's probably, Dave's probably right, it's probably Milwaukee, but it's really just going to be Cleveland, and then I, you
1: know, either Toronto or Boston for a second fiddle in the East. Gotcha. What about you, Tom?
0: Yeah, I'm saying most likely the Bucks. you know, they got Giannis, they got Middleton's not having a bad year, Eric Bledsoe's putting up, I think, 17 a game, like, they have the talent there when they play well, you know, like you said, Giannis is a freak, I mean, He's going to be MVP within the next three seasons. I'm saying he's he's just top of the league. But you'd like to see if Philly could get matched up with Toronto in one of the first rounds. You know, like everyone yeah, knows, six three matchup. Yeah, like everyone knows, man. Toronto does not play well in the playoffs, I and mean, Philly could definitely exploit that. And I think they could steal a series against them.
2: Trust the process.
0: Yeah, I mean they're going to be Philly's scary because they're like a couple pieces away from being a real good team. Yeah, they're like a year away. They go from a dumpster fire to a playoff team, and then give it a couple more years, it's going to be pretty good.
1: Gotcha. Now, jumping into the trade deadline, we spoke about it a little bit, and you look at the moves that went on. The Cavs traded IT, Fry, their own first pick, which was very savvy. They got Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance from the Lakers, giving the Lakers the cap room availability with two expiring contracts, and they'll be able to sign two max Free agents this year, the Cavs got younger. Then the Cavs got Hill, Hood, Hill and Hood from, and then Utah gets Derrick Rose, which they waived, and Jamison Crowder. Then they sent Joe Johnson and, and Shumpert to the Kings. Joe Johnson's obviously not there. Then Wade gets sent back to Miami, which was awesome. You know the storyline; he's probably going to retire after this. So what? What did you guys think? I know you guys wrote an article about it. What did you guys think about all the moves that went on and? What was the best or the most surprising moves in your opinion?
3: Um, you know, obviously what the Cavs did is is pretty remarkable. Um, they were, you know, able to improve their team and get younger and not give up the Brooklyn pick, um, which is just with the with the return they got, it's it's incredible. Um, I don't think it keeps LeBron in town, but I. You know, with or without LeBron, they're better than they were the day before the trade deadline.
2: Absolutely. For sure, yeah. I mean, it's really, it sounds redundant, but it's really just all about what Cleveland did at at the trade deadline. They're just worlds better. I mean, I feel like before the trade deadline, they had so many one-dimensional players that weren't doing well in that one dimension that they normally do well. Whether it's Fry spreading the floor, whether it's Crowder, supposed to bring energy, threes, defense, he was doing none of that. Whether it's, you know, Schumper doesn't even get playing time. Isaiah Thomas couldn't even score. That's the only thing he can do, really. You know, so, so many of these players that had just underperformed. Derek Rose is just such a liability on the defensive end. And just, as a person, what is going on with him? He doesn't yeah. he doesn't even know if he wants to play. He doesn't, he's like, he goes missing. You, you don't know. It was just so much chaos. They really just, it was addition by subtraction, getting rid of IT, and it was just toxic in that locker room, and you you bring in those guys that we alluded to before. They're just so much more younger and athletic, and now they got guys that are two way players. They can really they can really bring it. And you know, it's I mean, as a Heat fan, I like I like that we got Wade back, but we got so many shooting guards. It's almost like, I mean, what are we doing? We got Wayne Ellington. We have Deion Waiters who's injured. We got Tyler Johnson. We got Richardson that can play the two, one, the three. I mean, we got Wade now. I mean. We just have a surplus of shooting guards and none of them are great, but it's like the whole team. So, I mean, we only get a future second round pick for him. So, I, I like that he's he's back in yeah. Wake County. You'll love to see that. He'll hopefully retires this year. I, I don't want him to leave again. Yeah. I don't think he will. Either this year or next year he'll retire with my heat, so it's that's nice to see. But other than that, nothing really too big that's gonna make much of an impact other than I mean, you know, the the Rockets got Getting Joe Johnson from yeah. uh, waivers—that's
1: that's really pretty big. Gives him another score, mid-range player, great, uh, great one of the
2: best post-up guards in the NBA. That was significant. That was in a trade, but that was something that
0: came to fruition after. I think the uh, the Cavs definitely got better for this season, but for the future, I think the Lakers really set themselves up. I Absolutely. mean, opening up those two max spots. I mean, that gives them potential. If it works out to land LeBron and Paul George, land yeah. someone like Clay next year, it's like they just have so much room right now. To they have a pretty good base there too, a lot of young talent. I mean, Lonzo definitely not living up to the hype in my opinion, but he's not bad. He's not terrible. He's just they made him out to be a lot more than he was. And
1: his so dad, far, his I dad think, did. Yeah, his
0: dad did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. His I don't dad. know.
0: Which now he's just taking over a Lithuanian basketball team, <laughs> <and> <laughs> running the world. <laughs> What's
3: not being talked about with this Lakers deal, and I think is like the real nail in the coffin, is they got those two max players cleared. But that Cleveland first rounder this year, they could use, and that's what I think they're going to do on draft night, or close to draft night, they're going to use that to give a team to take on Dang's contract. Every team's going to have cap space this summer. Every team's going to, you know, a third of the teams are going to be in rebuilding mode. Um you, you hand them that first-round pick to take on Deng's contract, and boom, you're all of a sudden approaching
2: a third max deal. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if you're a team like maybe the Atlanta Hawks, they're not going to have too much money on the books. I mean, they're not going to be good anytime soon. You know, take you know, just just eat Deng's contract, buy him out, whatever, and then, you know, you get that draft picked. That would be a good move for a team like them, that, that they know they're not going to be good in the next couple of years, and they could just eat the money for now and... Or keep goes, him and have
3: him mentor Bagley or Porter or whoever you're taking. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah. I mean, well, let's not forget. I mean, Den, I mean, Deng was a good to one of the one of the better two way players in the league um, with the Bulls, and he. I mean, he's he's yeah. a professional. He's a he's a good veteran. He like completely agree. He can be a good mentor to one of those one of those young guys. For sure.
1: For sure. And. Even adding to that, I don't think the Lakers, you know, they have such lore around that franchise. It's like the Celtics, the Lakers, all those big names, kind of like the Yankees, the Red Sox. You don't really have to advertise too much to get players to go out there. I mean, it's perfect weather all year, and it's one of the most storied franchises in the NBA. And if they get, like, that scenario that you just drew up, Dave, if they get that almost third max, I mean, the sky's the limit for these guys, and they already have the foundation.
3: LeBron, Paul, George,
1: and Biggie? Yeah, okay. Goodbye, Warriors. All right. And and even another trade that not a lot of people talk about I thought was very savvy was the Suns trading for Alfred Payton, and they only gave up a second-round pick, which is crazy. He's having a career year this year. Yeah, his career splits are 11, 4, and 6, 11 points. But this year, he's averaging damn near 20 eight rebounds a game and eight assists per game, which is fucking bananas, that they only got him for a second-round pick. Now, moving on to something, Dave, that you had more of uh, an article about and I saw you were talking about earlier was uh, the draft. And just to talk about like the top five guys that you think will potentially be drafted, I saw some mock drafts, and a lot of uh, formulas have Aiton, Jackson, Michael Porter, Marvin Bagley, and Luca going top five. Uh, Phoenix taking DeAndre, Atlanta taking Javon Jackson, Dallas taking Michael Porter, Sacramento taking Bagley, and Orlando with Luca. Do you agree with that? What do you think happens with that top five?
3: Um, I think that's that's probably the the five that'll go. I don't know if it'll be in that, that order. Yeah. Um, I mean, a week ago, Luca was projected number one. And now it's you know now it's DeAndre, um, and Jaron Jackson was he was like eighth or ninth last week. Now he's up to two. He's 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 been climbing the the board all year. Um, and even Michael Porter. Now that there's words of him him might be able to get on the floor this year. That's he's now hopped Marvin Bagley again in most most uh, mock drafts. Yeah. So I, I think those are the clear five guys. Maybe you see someone like. Uh, Mo Bamba or Colin Sexton drop up into that or come up into that um, if they have a good tournament. I think Trey Young's dropping like by the minute. Yeah. Um, he's down to he was up as high as a, as two or three at one point. Now he's down to seven. Um, I think Colin Sexton's the better the better player and eventually we will get drafted higher. But you know my Knicks sitting at nine. I'd love if someone took Trey Young before us and you know didn't didn't take a quality player from us. Not to say Trey Young's quality, but he, he's not going to be the next Steph Curry
2: like people are talking about.
1: Absolutely, I agree.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, Dave hit the nail on the head. It's 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 almost too early and you know, with the bottom of the NBA, there's like seven or eight teams that are separated by two or three games in the loss column. It's crazy. You know, it's you have so many teams that are at the bottom, 18, 19, 20 wins. We really can't say this team's going to be there this team's going to be there. It's it's all—it's like musical chairs at this point, and so—and so too it is, you know, the the new number one pick. Now it's Ayton. Before it was Luca, as Dave said. Before you know, it was Bagley. It was Porter. It's—it's—they're constantly changing. It's like musical chairs. You really—it's too early to say. I mean, some some things I like though. I like Jaron Jackson. I like his defensive presence. He's got a 7'4 wingspan. He's averaging an outstanding five-point-nine blocks per forty minutes. I think a team like the Phoenix Suns could really a team that doesn't seem to play hard, a team that can't play defense, a team that accumulates draft picks, uh, you know, year in, year out and doesn't get better. It's I think he'd really help give them almost like a Draymond Green mentality of just, you know, playing pissed off with a chip on his shoulder, getting the best out of his guys and, and a big man, which they really need. I mean, they got some, I mean, they got Tyson Chandler who doesn't, looks like he doesn't give a shit out there. He's just making money. They got Alex Len. I don't know. They got these, you know, they got these European big guys who aren't going to do anything. They're not going to win you games. They need some, or even DeAndre Eight if they got him. I really like DeAndre 8 He's got, he's got it all, to be honest. He's almost got like a, I see him almost as like a Joel Embiid type game. He can face up. Um, his post game is pretty solid. He's big. He's like seven foot 260. Um, he can, he's made, I think, 10 or 12 free pointers. So, he's shown range. Um, he, I mean, the Suns could really use a lot. They could use a big guy, one of those two guys, um, and then Porter. It's you know, it's a shame. I haven't got to see much of Porter because of the injury. I didn't see too much of him in college, but so highly touted.
1: Yeah, yeah I
0: think um, I think it's going to be probably eight and going first. I mean, seven, one center, two sixty, averaging what nineteen, ten and one, one and a half assists a game. I mean, those aren't spectacular but i mean it's probably the best in this group besides Trey Young obviously but i mean that's just he's the only one scoring on that team so that doesn't really count in my book but he i think Aiden'll probably go first then 2 to 4 is kind of a toss up between Porter i think that's going to be kind of a Kyrie situation he like Sully said he's so highly touted i mean you didn't see much of him in college Kyrie still went number 1 i mean he was obviously a way better player than than Porter but still i mean anything they they see the potential. And then I think um, probably Luka goes three, three or four, and then Bagley, and then um, probably a toss-up. I like Jackson. I think he'll go top five. But
1: gotcha. like you
0: said, it's too early to tell.
1: So yeah, so
2: much of that order is going to depend on, on what team ends up in that exactly.
1: spot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and their
2: tournament, how they finish in the end of the year, and that really, we're, we're too far away from that.
1: So... Kind of to, my question was going to be, do you guys have one player out of that group that you see as a lock? Like, this guy is going to be a great, not a great, a good NFL, an NBA player, like a solid guy. And kind of what I'm getting from you guys is DeAndre Ayton is probably that guy for you guys.
2: I think so. I also love Bagley. I really like Bagley. Uh, I think he's an athletic freak. He's He's going to be, I think, he's going to be a dominant power forward. He's got range. Um, I mean, I think, I think where he needs to get better is where he making players better around him, and leadership, and being able to pass the ball more. I think he needs to well round his game more. But when it comes to, he can defend. He's long. He's athletic. He can shoot. He can rebound very well. Wendell Carter over there too. He, we haven't mentioned him yet. He's going to go maybe sixth, seventh. He's another big boy there from Duke that can really. That can really play is big, long. Um, I, I really like Bagley to be a to be a lock uh, as well as Eaton.
3: Yeah, I like Bagley too. I, and I, I, something you alluded to, Sully, Bagley's a little bit of a ball stopper, um, and that's why I I'd include Porter in that because he's he's the opposite of that. Um, he's someone who's does make his teammates around him better already, um, almost like a Simmons type where he he yeah. he kind of is more of a distributor despite his size. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, Bagley, Porter, all those guys are just, they're, they're going to, every year it seems like the damn draft class gets better. It's more <laughs> and more locked. It's, now you're going to be drafting fucking
0: 16-year-olds that are 7'3 in two years. This has been one of the, the rookies this year have been one of the better
1: rookie classes. Oh, yeah. In recent yeah. memory, there's some
0: studs. You got oh, yeah. Mitchell, Tatum, freaking Simmons. It's like, you you just Laurie three shot. alone to come out. Yeah, oh, Dude, Mark.
1: Dude, Laurie. shot. I was talking about it with you guys the other day. Lori Shy is so fucking beautiful. When I see that thing, it is it is perfection. He he's perfected it at this point. But speaking of the tournament and, you know, the underclassmen, Dave, you spoke about it the other day too. The NCAA scandal and just talking about there's a lot of things saying that a lot of players, a lot of the top guys, the lottery picks are gonna be ineligible, which you said was didn't apply to them getting drafted or being able to play their first year right now they're saying up to 36 d1 schools are facing violations half of the 16 teams showed on the initial tournament rankings should be worried about win vacancies hall of fame coaches should be scared the whole sport will be altered what does this sound like to you i mean we've had these scandals before but damn this sounds big
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's going to be what those what those reports say. I think it's going to be the biggest story in the history of college sports, Um, and probably the biggest story of the last twenty years in sports. I think it's not getting the press that it should yet because it's a lot of legality and Mm -hmm. technical stuff that the average fan isn't like, oh my god. Like once they start hearing like Rick Pitino took two hundred million from Adidas, and you know once they start hearing those numbers and actual players' names people will start to really pick up on how big of a story this is and how much it's going to change the landscape of, of the college sports. Um, but I think that people, uh, it would be really, really messed up of them, really not cool, the NCAA, to to do this right before the tournament or affect these, these guys' status before the end of the year. Um, at the end of the day, these are 17-, 18-year-old kids that are just – Walking into a system that's clearly broken, yep. it to punish them would be just the opposite of what the NCAA says they are. Um, I know that you know that's pretty much their M.O. all the time. But you gotta be coaching. You gotta be hurting the coaches and the programs, um, and do it all in the off season so they know what's going on. We know what the situation is going in the next year. We're not gonna be having this whole mess at the end of the year. Who's playing in what tournament? Who's vacating this many wins? What's their new seating? It's just, we, we don't need it. You don't need to stain the the premier event of your sport every year. Because um, that'll be the only story if it yeah. comes out. It, no one will give a shit about the tournament. Um, and if they vacate wins or change seating, it's always going to be the tournament with the asterisks on it. Exactly. Um, of who would have done this if they were the real one seed. But no, they got... Wins vacated. It's 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 a mess that they don't have to create um, because it, it's going to be a mess no matter what. Um, and they really just need to take it when it's the off season so they can handle it properly. Um, luckily, yeah, like I said, it, it it won't affect players' draft status other than you know them maybe not being able to play and getting you know less less burn. Um, but you know the the NBA CBA states you just have to be 19 or one year removed from graduating high school. Um, so that doesn't have any, there's no, you know, obviously guys like A or Brandon Jennings, they went overseas for a year, and yeah. played professionally, so it, it, it won't affect their draft status in terms of eligibility, but it's going to be a shape-shifting of, of college basketball, and it could ironically spell the end for the NCAA because these schools are going to be like, well, you know, what do we need you for? You're negotiating TV deals for us and taking a cut off the top. We just sent two representatives from the top 100 schools in the nation and we'll make our own committee, and we'll play by our own rules. Exactly. And that'll be it, and they'll just form a better, a better state of the union. Absolutely. So uh, it's it's going to be crazy, but um, the the shit hasn't really hit the fan yet. And once once names and numbers start getting tossed around, then we'll really start seeing it as an
0: everyday news cycle thing. I can't wait. I love a good scandal. <laughs> it's going to be... <laughs> be great. I just can't wait to see. I hope something comes out about Coach K. Oh just, my god! I just don't like that guy. Like, I hope he's been doing something wrong. Right really, before. you don't like Coach K? I hate Coach I don't K. Know. I just,
1: I the hate whole, Coach the K. Whole, K. Whole, it's it's a smoke group down there in North Carolina. If you have, see, like UNC, I love. You love them, they're really? The, you, I was, yeah.
0: well, speak for yourself. You love them.
3: <laughs> yeah, UNC. Yeah, they they are scandal city down there.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a K over Roy Williams guy to be honest. Any day over the week. Yeah. I'm a I'm a K guy. I don't, I'm not a Duke fan, but I, I've always respected K. I think you have, have to. You have to. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope there's not scandals <laughs> to them, unlike you. But I mean, there, who knows what it's going to be? It's going to be crazy. I'm sure Jones will be pumped for when the NCA downfall. Oh,
0: it's going to be great. I can't wait for the NCA. fall. It's going to affect so much because it affects so much outside of basketball too.
1: It's going to the entire thing is coming down. Just a, a quick question. You guys speaking about uh, Duke and just a player that really has tumbled out of everybody's radar. And I just wanted to see what, what expectations you guys think of him in the NBA in Grayson Allen. We saw him being a, a scoring beast a couple years ago. And then, you know, he lasted as long as he did in Duke. He's he's Coach K's guy, but this year he's deferring a lot. What do you guys think happens to him in the NBA?
3: Um, I, I mean... For four years, or this is the fourth year, Grayson Allen's yep. been in NBA mock drafts, and he hasn't moved in his positioning. He's been early mid twenties every year, um, despite probably getting better every year. I think this year he's had to defer because he's just simply not the most talented guy. Um, their their rosters too deep this year, and especially in the starting lineup. Um, so I think you know his numbers are naturally going to be down. I don't think he'll yeah. be some wow NBA player, but can he be a Kyle Korver? Sure. You know, uh, I might not be as talented of a shooter, but I think he's one of those guys that can give you solid basketball, low low double-digit numbers um, for, you know, 10, 12 years.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, Grayson Allen, he, he's, he's had a little bit of an up-and-down, obviously, uh, career at Duke. He had a really good sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I think he put over 21 a game. Last year, not, not so hot, but um, still respectable. He's, he's still a, a good shooter. I think, to me, I think it depends what system he falls into. Um, I think he would be perfect for someone like uh, like a pop. Like, if he goes to the Spurs, I, yeah. think, I think he'd see pop. Oh, yeah.
1: That would be quality.
2: great. NBA player. Um, you know, like Dave said, nothing. You know, this is not a star. You know, he's not going to make all-star teams. He's going to be a guy off the bench. Maybe gets you a 10, 12 a game shoots 38% from three. Um, you know, he's a good passer. He's averaging four and a half assists a game in college. That's pretty good. He's, you know, so he's his passing is getting better. He's facilitating more. Uh, but also, like Dave said, he, there's so much talent there. Um, sometimes he does possibly defer too much, but there's so many in Carter and Bagley. There's, they got big boys down there in Duke. So, you know, he really... Sometimes he does play third fiddle, but he'll, he'll be, I think he'll be a solid player. Um, but just, you can't expect much from him. He'll be, but if he goes to someone like the Hawks or someone, I mean, maybe he'll I was be just going to say
3: the Hawks. Yeah, yeah I mean, I
2: think, if he goes to the Hawks, like, I, I don't know, he'll, he'll get playing time and he won't have veteran leadership.
0: He may just be chucking up shots. And <laughs> depends on yeah, the system, I, I think. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I think he needs the right system and the right coach to do anything in the NBA. I mean, he could, like. I just feel like he's going to fall fall between the cracks if he goes to a team with no real organization to it, bad coach, bad players surrounding. him. I don't think. I think if he ends up in a team like Atlanta or like Sacramento, I think that'd be bad for him. He needs somewhere established. He needs I see right now, I mean on this, it's projected the Bucks have the pick that would take him. I mean, that wouldn't be a bad spot to end up in if they can get a good coach in there.
3: Yeah, the coaching tree is going to be interesting this off
0: season, definitely.
1: Alright, speaking of off-seasons, we're going to move on from the NBA, NBA Draft, NCAA. We just gave the, our listeners a very comprehensive uh, guide or insight into all these sports. We're going to move over to the MLB right now. We're Let's go. We're inching closer to the season. And I just want to start off with, you know, what's going on this off-season? It's been so slow. You know, the J.D. Martinez standoff with the Sox is not being reported that they're... Offer was closer to 100 million than 125. You know, Scott Boras holding on his free agents from from spring cap. He's asking for these huge contracts. What do you guys think is going on in terms of? What do you think about this off season? Is really the question.
3: It it started with such a bang. I mean, we're we're hitting winter meetings hit early December. You have the Marlins starting selling off everybody. Stanton to the Yankees, like. We were in for a real rowdy offseason, and then we just hit a wall, and no one knows why, I guess besides Scott Boris, Um, but it's not just his clients, it's people across the board are just sitting back and waiting. I mean, spring training has started, and you have huge names that are unsigned. I've never even heard of that past New Year's, let alone spring training. I think that... You know, the bubble has kind of burst on outside of elite talent in the majors, given the no-salary-cap structure. Um, and people are just trying to get under that luxury cap. They're tired of analytics are playing too big of a role, and mm. people are getting the same success for cheaper. And I think teams are really trying to, you know,
0: follow that lead now. Yeah, I mean, they're offering him, five, J.D., five years, $110 million. They could offer him more. It's not like they can't afford to pay him. I think their biggest concern is getting into another big contract yep. with a player, spending $150 million on someone, and having it be a bust. It's, it's, they're worried about it. They know the fans hate it. The fans are pissed that these guys are getting paid that much and have a guy like Price who go out there and has two subpar years. I mean, you're paying him $30 million a year. They're worried about it. they offer him any more than that, it's going to get into that territory. I mean, this ends up being a little over... 20 ends up being like 22 a year. I, I think that's what he's worth. I think Boris is kind of really messing this situation up, he's really holding him back. And I think this is going to dip for him. I think if he doesn't have a better offer than that, obviously, he needs to take this while he can. Yeah, I, I mean, I and what, Martinez, what a bet at best a two tool player, you know, oh, he's got yeah. great
3: tools. But I mean, right. let's be honest here. Yeah, You're he's not, not bringing it defensively. He's he's he stinks. defensively. Yeah. He he stinks.
1: Yeah.
2: He, he's gonna he's gonna hit he can hit for, you know, average a little, he can hit for power, you know, he can drive in runs, but that's pretty much it. And, you know, to piggyback off you guys, I really you know it, no one really knows, but if I had to, you know say anything just the one reason, I'd say Scott Horse is, you know, he's got the main guys, he's got the U Darvishes, the Arietta's, the um you know, the J.D. Martinez. And, you know, I think he's just, quite frankly, overvaluing his players. And like Dave said with the, the analytics, I think that definitely plays a part. I mean, we have new statistic before, which is wins above replacement. And, you know, that really kind of tells you how much a player is worth with offense and defense. You know, I know some guys aren't huge into it, but, I mean, it's one of the best statistics we have to gauge a player's value. Um, you know, you see guys like Mike Moustakas. He had, what, 35 or 36 home runs last year. Um, and you'd figure, oh, you know, he's going to get six figures, 150. But his ward says he's only 1.8 wins above replacement, so less than two games a year he'll make for you. So are you really going to spend all that money for someone like him? And, you know, teams are getting smarter. Like Dave said, they're not going to because they have these analytics now to go by. So, I mean, that's why you see something like a Mike stock is still out there. And, you know, with GED, he doesn't play defense, and if he is in the American League, he's going to be in DH. You're going to pay a DH two hundred million. Of course, you would. So I think Boris is really over, and I think I think Boris is going to lose out. I think I think some players. I wouldn't be surprised if a player, if one player left him as left him as like just got a new yeah, game, to yeah. In terms of representation, you're telling me these players are going to go into March, April and while other teams are playing, while baseball is going on, they're not going to have a job. That's not going to happen. They're not going to not be – J.D. Martinez is not going to be not signed in April. Like, yeah. he needs, like Tom said, you, you need to take whether it's maybe meet in the middle ground, maybe $125 million, $130 million, maybe because maybe they want at least $150 million. Boris wants at least $150 million you yeah, you know maybe meet in the middle at 120 130 but it's 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 getting a little ridiculous right now and i mean you saw i mean i even thought darvish got a little overpaid i, I mean darvish is a guy that doesn't what do you get 120 100 something million even. yeah 120 I mean
3: he's
2: yeah. a guy that doesn't he isn't clutch, to be to be frank. He, he he comes up small um, very often so when the moment's when the moment's uh
1: the brightest when the lights are the brightest. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Was, when the
2: when the lights shine brightest, he really doesn't come to play. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I I'm just as a Mets fan, I'm 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 hoping the Nationals don't get Arietta, But it's like I don't even know where arietta's gonna go. It's still top names that are yeah. Just it's just like they're just like no one knows what they're doing right now. It's like their Boris is whispering in their ear, you know, keep stay out, stay out of this. We got it. And she's like, I want to play because think about this from a <laughs> Another point of view, it's like, these guys need the reps in camp. They need these reps to,
1: you know, yeah. if they just
2: come back, they could get injured. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it, know, they need those reps, the, the you know, they need to get involved with the organization, the team, their teammates. They need to get in their routines. Exactly. Especially pitchers, to me, Was so... It?
1: And, and just, to, just to add one quick thing, Sully, I completely agree with in terms of getting into rituals because you see a lot of players the first month of baseball that they stink because they're not – they're striking out a lot because they're not in the rhythm of things. Even if you look back at a guy who's not in the league now, Mark Teixeira had historically bad first months. Oh, it was embarrassing. Historically bad. But once he got into the rhythm of things and he was even at spring training, but when he gets into the rhythm of things, you see guys catch on. And yeah. I completely agree. You cannot have a guy miss spring training or the first part of the season just cuz Scott Boris is asking for 20 to 30 million more dollars than they're worth.
2: And you even see it, not to your, You see it in the NFL with Le'Veon Bell.
1: That yep. Le'Veon Bell was not himself the first 3 or 4 games. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then he really turned around. Once
2: again, once four. it was fifth, sixth game, then he starts becoming a more potent receiver. He starts you know, bursting off these big runs, we see the Le'Veon Bell, the patient Le'Veon Bell. We know he starts having big games, two touchdown games. You know, the first few games he was just looked like you know a so-so back, and then he became back to his elite, uh, elite stance once he really got those reps that he needed. So exactly. I mean, I don't know. I, I hope these guys get signed soon because it's kind of uh, the league's a little bit in a disarray right now, but. I don't know. Boris needs to come back to reality.
3: Yeah, maybe I, they take one-year deals at some at a middle-tier team instead of, you know, just to prove themselves. But in baseball, that's like that's
2: so much, so much more rare
1: and yeah, risky too. Mean, we just
2: saw what's his name, uh, Hosmer. What did he get? Eight years last night. Eight yeah. years,
1: 144 million.
2: <laughs> I think that's a fair deal per per year, to be honest. Um, but the
1: length is just crazy. Eight years is. How
2: old
1: is, old is, is eight years for, for baseball? I'm sorry, Tom.
2: Eight How old is years he? is a lot for baseball. Yeah. these teams are getting smarter. They don't want to have the long, long-term deals and have players like, like you know, the Yankees got burned with A. Rod at the end, or you know, teams or you know, pool hosts at the end of his career. Now with the Angels, teams don't like to have these eight, ten-year deals. So yeah. I was a little shocked. Hosmer got eight years.
1: Hosmer is 28, by the way. Oh, so um, so yeah, be
2: 36, he's 36. Wow. I didn't realize Lorenzo
3: Cain was already thirty-one.
1: Yep, he's thirty-one, and Mustakas yeah. is
3: twenty-nine. Yeah, JD's thirty.
0: Yeah, so that's like even a five-year deal. You're locking him down to yeah. thirty-five. A lock can happen. Yeah, it's true. A lot can happen. You can fall off a cliff next year.
1: Like exactly. So, what do you think uh, are the best so far? The best additions. To a team, I mean, the, it's, it's been very minimal stuff. I mean, Sully, I know your Mets has have added Jay Bruce, a couple other guys, Vargas, just the other day that you were very happy about. Um, what 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 are the best uh, signings so far, in your opinion? Um, whatever,
2: I and mean, just throughout baseball,
1: just throughout baseball, your team, throughout baseball.
2: Um, I mean. The Bruce signing was very good for the Mets. Uh, three years, 39 million, 13 million years. It was a very good signing. The Fraser signing was another good value signing. Um, like, his war, I believe, is 3.4 the last two years. Um, so, he's a great defender. That was a good contract. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, the Stanton, Stanton to the Yankees, that was just a major splash. He makes them so much better. Um, you got, But then, you know, a team that I think really got much better and, you know, you see the Brewers get Kane and you know trade for Yellich. That I mean, that really made them. I mean, they're right there with the Cubs, in my opinion. Um, they're, you know, they're they're probably easily the most improved team in baseball, definitely in the National League. With you know, Yelich has a WAR of 3.9, uh, Kane 5.3. A lot of that probably on the defensive end and covering so much ground in center field. Um, those two guys really. I and mean, now they're thinking because they have so many outfielders, they're going to put Ryan Braun at first. The Brewers really, um, they really won out in this free agency, and although I really do like what the Mets did, they did great, and then and then a team like the Angels, they traded for Ian Kinsler, um, they got, you know, the Japanese papers, if you will, Otani, mm-hmm. and then, you know, they they get Zach Cozart, who had a I'm pretty sure a career year, about a 297, um, who actually has a 4.9 war, um, very high, Zach Cozart had a great year last year, um. I mean the the Angels really made out the Brewers made out um, but yeah nothing too eye popping I mean I don't think the, I think the Cubs are going to regret that Darvish signing in a couple of years Yeah
3: that's not going to work out for them Yeah The Cubs seem desperate this offseason I mean and think they, that their their rotation isn't just isn't there I mean they're good, probably going to lose Arietta um, Lackey had I mean not Lackey uh, Lester had a, a not great year last year. And now they got Darvish, who who knows what he is past the sixth inning, and we know what he is in the playoffs. Not good. And also the I Cardinals, mean, though, in that division. Adding Ozuna. Good point. Yeah. They're on the
2: up and up. I don't think they're a threat yet, but they're now to be noticed. The Giants, actually, they, they got a lot better, too. I forgot about they got – they got they traded from McCutcheon. Longoria. They got Longoria. They just got. Then they just signed uh, Tony Watson, the hander. Yeah, yeah that's a, he's a really. Uh, he's he's probably the best left-hander available. Uh, I mean, the, the Giants
3: are probably second in that division at this point.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, probably. I mean, the Diamondbacks may. I think they're going to lose JD. I think the the Sox will lock him up at some point. I don't see JD coming coming back. So if they lose JD, that's they're they're really going to hurt the Rockies. They, I, I don't know about the Rockies. They're they're kind of. I don't know. I feel like they overperformed a little bit last year and
0: they don't have the pitching. Yeah. If the Sox don't land JD, they're screwed. I mean, they have to they got to keep up with the Yankees. The Yankees already blew them out of the water last year with runs scored. I mean, this is just going to be out of hand in the AL East if they don't sign someone. If not JD, I don't know who else they get as a power hitter, but they need it cuz I mean, the Yankees pitching is going to be right there too. You got Severino, Tanaka. They signed that one-year deal with CC. He came through in the playoffs for him. I mean, they got a lot there. It's going to be tough. I think they're probably one of the better teams, like you said, coming out of all these moves. And, I mean, we'll see where these guys end up in the next couple of weeks here, hopefully. I mean, spring training's eight days away. Yeah, Full full teams will be there eight days. I mean, hopefully you see these guys sign somewhere before them. But, I mean, it really depends on where these last few big big names end up.
1: Uh quick question. I know this kinda has in the past couple weeks has been like swept under the rug, but what about the Astros and they got Garrett Cole, so I mean that's a huge addition. Yeah. Huge yeah, addition. I mean,
2: really really like really like the addition. Um he's an, I mean they they need starting pitching depth. Um you know, they obviously they're one two um, is great obviously. Um, with Kaiko and Verlander. I mean he, he gives them a really solid three now. Now they don't have, you know, guys that they, they're not too sure of, like, you know, Charlie Mortons of the world. Uh, you know, those those type of their back end of their bullpen was a little I mean, uh their starting rotation was a little shaky, so now they showed that up. And then they got they got Joe Smith from from uh Cleveland. I mean he's a really good uh reliever that they got. Um I think that helps them out a lot. They definitely they definitely got better i think they're the clear i
1: think they're the clear 1a in the American League right now absolutely gotcha. all right now moving just get a general picture starting with uh with the al let's see just as of right now what team do you think are the best teams in each division and you know just starting with the al least i want to see what you guys think who's the best team in that division right now
3: um, you know, Yanks, I think, clearly have that right now. Boston could somewhat equalize it with Martinez and maybe a few more smaller side moves. But it's, you know, the, the Yankees were at 91 wins last year. you got to look at them for at least 95, 96 this year with the addition of Stanton. Um, they really didn't get much worse in any, any other area, maybe uh, infield defense, depending on where they play rookies. And, you know, just overall how Torres handles his transition to the league um but yeah I, I don't think you can i think it's hard to argue as the rosters sit today anyone but the yankees in that division Sully. yeah i mean
1: no tom go ahead
0: oh no no uh so i like the, the yankees i mean the Sox could definitely make a run at it they were pretty close last year we only had two more wins than the yankees uh with 93 i mean i think they're both going to be right around 100 again regardless, you know, they're going to beat the bad teams. They're going to have some good games with the better teams in the league, but it's going to be, I think it'll be close at the end, but I think the Yankees take it at the end of the day. That offense is going
1: to be potent. Sonny?
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: Um, The Yankees, as of today, are definitely the better team. I'd probably say four or five games better, Um, maybe four or five, six. I mean, but with J.D. Martinez, he he does carry a war of four, Um, you know, so he would, I think, close the gap to a couple games and I think they will end up with him, so I'd probably say agree with you guys and say Yankees by a hair. But it'll be a really good race throughout most of the year. The Red Sox just—they're desperate for power. They were last in the American League, I think, 27th in the majors in home runs, so they really need power. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much JD gets because I don't see him going back to Arizona. If he goes back to Arizona, then that means they can't afford to sign you out of Goldie over there, and he's their guy. He's their franchise, so.
3: He's like the most oh, quiet superstar ever. He
2: really so is. He's so a, he's like a five-tool player that no one talks about. I mean, the guys can steal yeah. 30, 25, 30 bags at first. It's incredible. You never see that, and he's a big dude. He's a big lumbering guy, but he just, he lumbers over there to first, and he, he can steal second. He hits for average power. He's got a good glove. A huge Goldie fan. Never gets yeah. any love, you're right. Yeah. Right. He's always top of the boards in fantasy drafts, too. Yeah, understandable. understandable. So, I don't know what it is. He's just
1: maybe because he's in Arizona. I don't know. All right, let's talk about uh, a division that the Nationals won by 20 games last year. Uh, (laughs) Who do you think is uh, best in that? That is it still the Nationals team uh, division to lose?
2: Yeah, it's it's still it's still. I'll, I'll take this one because this is this is my Mets here. But uh, <laughs> it's definitely the Nationals to lose for sure. They got those three starters: Gio, uh, Strasburg, and then Scherzer's just an animal. I love watching that guy pitch. He's a psychopath. He just <laughs> he has issues. He's man, a but man. I love it. He's, he gives it as all. He's a competitor. Even as a Mets fan, I love to see him pitch. But I think I think I think the Mets have a chance. Really, I, I like the Frazier signing, uh, Bruce. Uh, we got Vargas, we got uh, Anthony Swarzak, very underrated pitcher, I think he had a 2.3 ERA about. Uh, we get Familia healthy, we get, um, you know, Cespedes is hopefully healthy, you know, Mickey Callaway, new manager, new training staff, uh, Dave Island, pitching coach from Kansas City, just complete culture change with the Mets. Um, I think there's really a lot of ways the season could go, I'm hoping hoping high in the 80s but you're definitely got to give it to the nationals i think they'll probably beat us by five to six games they're closer than the experts think and then every other team in that division is pretty pathetic the marlins aren't going to win 60 games this year The phillies phillies got a couple of relievers um then they got uh and then they got uh carlos santana from the indians um so they'll, they'll be a little better and then the braves the braves suck um but yeah, you know it's definitely the Nationals to lose. But I, would, gotcha. I would say for sure though, when outside chance the Mets come in, if injuries happen to the Nationals,
3: I don't know if anyone's like ever talked about this, but how much of Scherzer's success is batters looking up at him and this motherfucker's got two different color eyes? <laughs> 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 like I, I would look up. up at that, and be like, what the fuck is going on? When I first saw it, I thought it was like a camera glitch or like a lighting. And then, like you know, get on the Googles and figure out he's got two different color eyes. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, that would distract me as a hater. I mean, I don't know. You know, I've never stood sixty feet six inches away in a in a major league batting box, but I have to imagine you can see his see his eyes from there. But yeah, I mean, overall, the the that that's good. It's a two team division, um, much like the AL East. It's. Uh, I don't. I think. Yeah. You know, you know, Sully hit the point. It's still the Nationals division to lose. Um, but the Mets. That might be my favorite over under team wins bet in Major League Baseball.
2: 80 wins. I mean, what they have last year? 73, 74. They only had 70, so. but we sold the whole team. We got a lot of those guys back. So many injuries. So, yeah, so had many more injuries in injuries yeah. a fucking hospital last year. Yep. Yeah. It was, it was. It was. I mean, thank God we got rid of those trainers. Thank God we got rid of. Yep. I mean, they right. were right. just it's, it's, it's yeah. the least deserving guy in the world. Uh, it, unbelievable, and you know it comes down to our starting pitching. Um, you know, hopefully, guys like Matt, Harvey, Wheeler can get back on track. But the Vargas signing gives us some stability at least. But I'm rooting for you know, Harvey. I don't know why, but I, mean, I, I just yeah, it was so much fun to watch him pitch. Oh, I I completely agree. I
3: when
1: yeah. he was
2: pitching in the World Series, all jacked up, screaming <laughs> at the end of the eighth inning, I was like, I was like, hell yeah! I was like, and oh, that's man. the last
3: time we've seen him.
2: I was like, yeah. like you, Sean. Like I always like Harvey for that reason, being a med fan. He showed that passion, that desire, that just like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Like I know he blew it in the ninth, kind of, but Terry Collins really just—I'm obviously not a fan of Terry Collins. He—he he butchered that <laughs> whole situation. He—he he, should have taken him out once he walked that first guy. He said, "You got one batter. You fuck up. You're out." But yeah. then, then he gives up the double. Then they take him out, and it's too too late. The game's over at that point. But, yeah, Harvey's always a guy I root for for some reason, even though a lot of Mets fans really don't like him.
1: Yeah, and even I was laughing a little bit just now, Sully, because I remember last year, whenever we spoke Mets, you would always say, don't worry, Terry Collins is going to make a decision way too late and fuck up this team somehow. Yeah, always does. So it's pretty funny. All right, jumping to the AL Central, where the Indians won that division by 17 games. They had 102 wins last year. They, you know, I think this is their division again this year. What do you guys think?
0: Clear favorite. I mean, they had 103 wins last year, was it? 102. 102, yeah, Yeah. 102. I mean, it's just like, they're going to run away with that. The Twins aren't going to do anything. The Royals, I don't know what happened with them. You're in the World Series. A couple years later, you're at the bottom of the barrel. Like, I... They only apart. got they only got worse this offseason. Yeah, it's gonna be it's not gonna be good. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna run away with it, and I think they're uh, this could be a year that they really do do make a a full run close it out because they've been right up there the past few years. I mean, they're they're a couple moves away from in game moves too. I mean, a couple things go their way in games, and they're World Series champions. Yeah, the one thing I
2: say about that though, uh, I think they still have a ton of talent, and their pitching is great. But some key losses—they lost—they lost a lot for me. They're obviously going to win that division. Twins will be good, but they'll still win it by eight to ten games. I think. they lost—they lost Mickey Callaway, their pitching coach, so yeah. to the Mets, obviously. Yeah. That's, right. Um, that's right. So we want to see how that. Type of, I don't know. You know, it probably won't affect the Corey Klubers of the world, but you know, the Mike Clevengers of the world—the guys that he really, you know, worked with—you know, the Trevor Bowers, those guys—are those guys going to fall down to you know a meet the mediocre level from it? And also. They lost Jay Bruce once again to the Mets. Um, sound like a broken record. And they lost Joe Smith, reliever. And they lost Carlos Santana to the Phillies. So they got some holes, um, you know, to the middle, to the end, back end of that lineup. But then again, they they did sign Yonder Alonso, um, and he's he's a good player. Played with you know played really well with um, Oakland and not so well with uh, Seattle. But he's a good player. Um, but I don't know if he'll fully make up for Carlos Santana's production. But
1: they're, they're, they're the clear favorites there for sure. Gotcha. And how about the NL West, which featured three playoff teams in the D backs? The Dodgers having the best record in the Bigs, 104 wins. The Diamondbacks getting that wild card spot. And the Rockies also getting a wild card spot. Do you think the D- Dodgers uh, run away with that division? Or is it going to be tighter this year?
3: I think it's tighter because of the Giants um, I think Arizona and Colorado are both going to come back down to earth um, you got to figure they'll be in the mid mid to low 80s range wins wise um, San Diego will be probably a little better but they're still not there and you know Dodgers will the Dodgers will have if their pitching can stay healthy they'll win another 97 98 games um, but I think San Francisco creeps up into the low low 90s and wins this year um you know, obviously barring injuries, but yeah. they they now have the bats to match their pitching staff, um, and I think you know I think the Dodgers win it, but San Francisco is going to keep it interesting.
1: Okay, gotcha. that's a twenty six game upswing right there. It's going to yes. be a big. It's going to be a big turnaround then,
2: from worst to second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely the, the the Dodgers are just too good. I mean, it will be closer, but. I don't know. I'm not fully sold on the Giants, although they did make good moves. Um, I don't. I'm not completely sold on McCutcheon, to be honest. He's a player that's been very inconsistent lately. Like first half of last year, looks like he lost it, then picked it up. Year before, didn't have a great year. Two years ago, had a great year. Three years ago, I think MVP year. Um, I don't know. I think it d- it depends how much he brings. Uh, I don't. I hope. I don't think he can play center field in that big outfield out there in San Fran. Um, I don't think he he can play center. Um, they should put him at a corner position. But yeah, I agree. The the two teams, Dimebacks, Rockies, they'll they'll come back to earth a little bit. And I I still yeah, I see the Giants just a little less, maybe 87, 88 wins. But and then I, I think the Dodgers are still at a hundred wins. I mean, we forgot what they lose nine or ten games in a row last year, and they still won over a hundred games. Yeah, I mean that's think about that. Think about Those if they bananas. didn't have yeah. that losing streak, they would have been a hundred. Eight or 100, 110 win team.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. Crazy. crazy.
2: I mean, they got it all. They got so many outfielders they don't know what to do with. I mean, they got Jock Peterson's like their sixth outfielder. They got, they got that guy Taylor. He's great. Um, you know, they they uh, they're gonna run away with it. I think yeah, they'll probably
3: make a deal for another right hander at the deadline too, like they did with Darvish last year.
2: Because they Darvish doesn't hurt them. Still, they got they got Kershaw, they got Hill, they got uh, Alex Wood is a underrated great pitcher. Um, they got they got some guys that can still pitch. They're not going to miss Darvish.
3: You know, Rich Hill hasn't pitched over 150 innings in 11 years. Wow, wow. I did not know that. Yeah, I was I was shy heard it yesterday. I was like, God damn! Like, where are they going? Who's going to eat up all these innings? I don't know. I I know their farm system isn't fantastic, but I don't know even know if they have a guy that can step in and take take over a a spot starter, a fifth starter spot. It's going to be their their pitching rotation is going to be everything to them.
2: I mean, there's still some guys available that they can they could sign if they want to. Um, I don't know if they'll get they'll go for a Lance Lynn, Alex Cobb because they're going to have to give give up the conditional pick. Um, And you know, Vargas and Cashner are are gone, right? There's still, I think Tillman's still available, right? He's all right. I mean, there's some there's some lower-tier guys that are still out there. Who knows if Obaldo uh, Jimenez can do anything, sign him to a minor league deal, maybe see how that works out. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think I, they'll, they'll be all right. Even if they don't have a fifth guy, they're still going to take that division. Um, but, yeah, what do you think, Tom?
0: Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers definitely... Still the top team over there. Like you said the Giants are definitely gonna close that gap with the moves they've made. You know, the Dodgers they're they're one of those teams that's like they're they're always there for the past what five, six years. They've been one of the top dogs. You know, sometimes they have some playoff troubles, they can't rely on the pitching all the time. But this past year, I mean they really really showed what they were about, unfortunately the Giants are going to creep up on them they'll make that division a lot more competitive so true the Dodgers are like the, they're like the Washington yeah. Capitals of, the, of yes. the baseball world yes yeah always always a great great regular season team top of the league all year and then yeah. always but have their the troubles in the playoffs they did I don't but this year they didn't have they wasn't self-inflicted
2: this year though they just lost to a better team but it was neck and neck right this year right. they really they came to play this year I got you got to give it to them in years past, like teams like them and the Nationals, just you don't think of them as a threat. But I mean, that World Series was tremendous.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, both teams played amazing. Um, it was just a joy to watch, and you know they, they 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 probably have a good chance to get back there.
0: I think so.
1: Right, speaking of World Series teams, we know the Cubs were champions a couple of years ago. Let's talk about their division in the NL Central. You got the Cubs winning 92 games last year. The Brewers were only six games back and the Cardinals were nine games back too, so I don't think this is as, you know, I don't think the Cubs are like a lot to repeat. I think this is a much tighter division. The Brewers added a lot of players as you said. Uh, What do you guys think in terms of who wins that division?
3: Uh, I mean, I think it's still the Cubs but Milwaukee's definitely closing the gap. Uh, you know, if if Chicago, there's a world where Chicago comes even more back down to earth and loses this division, um, I don't think it's likely. But you know, the Cubs—they showed they were more human last year. Um, their rotation just wasn't the same from top to bottom, and their lineup just didn't produce what it did the year in years before. They've got a lot of bad contracts. Um, I don't think, you know, we touched on it before. I don't think the Darvish contract is great. Um, it obviously helps their rotation, but contract numbers wise, I, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, we're still paying, you're still paying Jason Hayward $400 million to hit a 170 and 12 home runs. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, St. Louis will close the gap even more. Maybe they can dig it the mid 80s, but. I think it's the it Cubs. The Cubs probably win low nineties again and, and eke out the division by two or three games.
1: Okay, so What do you think? Yeah, Sonny?
2: Um, I think it's I. think I kind of agree with Dave, but I I think I don't know. I mean, I don't think it. It depends if Lester and Darvish can pitch great. They're going to win the division, but I'm not sold they can. I mean, maybe Lester, but probably not Darvish. I just think like. I look at those two guys, like I said before, with Jelich and Kane. I mean, you add up the wars, three nine and five three. That's you know, maybe they don't do as well as they did last year, but that's what is that nine point two extra wins. I mean, that would put them, that would put them a little bit over the top. I, if I had to pick a team to win the division, to be honest, I would pick the Brewers. I think they're a sleeper. Um, I think they need to get another starting pitcher. Um, they have they had some injuries last year to their pitching staff. I think. They're going to either trade for someone by the deadline, and I think I think they'll actually eke out the division by, I think they'll win 94, 94, maybe 93, 94. I think the Cubs will be at like 90, and I think the uh, Cardinals won't be too far behind at like 86 to 87.
0: Uh, yeah, the Cubs, I mean, they're they're there. They had no one bat over 300 last year. I think the closest they had, they had someone 298. But, I mean, not really hitting as well as they have in years past. I mean, maybe it will turn around this year. But, like you said, their rotation is going to be what keeps them in it. They can get good years out of Leicester. They can get Darvish to go in there and do what he does. I mean, I think, though, that in the long run, like Dave said, that's going to hurt them in the long run. I say in two years they're going to be regretting that long deal. Yeah.
1: All right, to finish it off, how about the AL West? I mean... The Astros won 101 games. They only got better in the offseason. Then you got the Angels, who were behind 21 games. The Mariners, 23 games. The Rangers, 23. And the A's, 26 games. I'm going to go and think that the Astros win this one again this year. Yeah,
3: this might be the biggest difference. Might be the biggest difference from first to second of any division.
2: I, although I like, like I said before, I like I like the Angels to... I like the Angels to win a wild card, honestly. I mean, they got, like I said, Kinsler. I don't really know what to expect from Otani's. He's, he's, like, has these injuries and whatever. But, I mean, they still got Cozart. And then, you know, if Trout can stay healthy, he clearly makes them better. He's probably the Huge. best player in baseball if yeah. he's healthy. So, and he hasn't been healthy, so you can't bank on that. But if he's healthy, I mean, you got the Japanese Babe Ruth and, you know, Cozart. And you got... You know, Al Drenton Simmons is a great defensive. They got Justin Upton. They traded for last year too. I mean, they got Justin Upton. He's a, he's a good young player. Um, so they, they got they got. I like CJ Crone actually. I mean, Poole can still have power? They got they got some talent out there. Um, low key, so I think they'll they could make it a little bit closer. But it's not. I mean, it's you know, it's still. They. I think the Astros are going to win 105 games this year.
3: Yeah, that that AL wild card is going to be the second spot's going to be
1: crazy. Quite
2: the
3: quite the race cuz obviously you got to assume that one goes to Boston or New York yep. depending on whoever wins that Great. division. Yep. And yep. then but then you got, you know, Minnesota, Kansas City, Texas, Seattle, LA, like they're all going to be in that mid upper 80s range of wins. Um, and yeah. that's going yeah. to yeah. be, be a lot, an lot of battle to
2: their pitching staff. I mean, they could they could um they could do something even though they're always like right at the edge. And then
0: Minnesota is another team. Um, Even the A's had 75 last year. They could bump up. They could win 10 more games, get in that conversation for a wild card spot this season. That's a good that, point. They, they had a lot of young talent. They really went young there. Um, the AL West is going to be, I think the the second wild card spot probably comes out of that AL West. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think so too.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think the Twins take another second the world is yours the world is yours mind world is this